0: Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first
0: purchase. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one? It's the Politics Show PubCast Love podcasts, hate nonsense. It's the Politics Joe podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. I do hate nonsense. Welcome to the podcast. Everyone does it. Sorry. Everyone's got the clap, has to do it Some um, record numbers of the clap in uh, in the UK as well. Why
1: are you looking at me? No,
0: sorry, just generally, <laughs> just generally, record numbers of gonorrhea and syphilis statistics just out today. Um, welcome to the Politics Joe podcast. We are joined, we don't have Politics Joe's golden boy, but we do have a cool guy and founder of Popular <laughs> Front, independent journalist, Jake Hanrahan with us. Yeah, full full title. Um, Jake, thanks very much for joining you. us and standing in for Ed. We appreciate it. Good to have you with us. Oh, right. is that it? I'm, a stand-in. I'm yeah, 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 cool. yeah. You, that's you. That's you. Yeah. You're filling holiday cover. Um, and Ava. Our uh, political correspondent, how are you? Well, fine, good. Thanks. Welcome, 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 everyone. Um, Jake, we are well, you're here, we're mates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm uh, we're affiliate, yeah, just Time. about yeah. used to work together, but yeah. you're obviously doing Popular Front. Um, tell us about what that is and why people listening to the podcast should uh, should check it out.
2: Yeah, it's basically a whole media platform. We've got documentaries, podcast magazine. Um, it's Basically, independent platform focused solely on war and conflict, but we kind of take a bit of a different approach. I always think that we like to kind of report from the point of view of the people there. We don't really care what some analyst has to say or someone that's popular on Twitter has to say. Like, We go there, we go to the places we've been to Syria, Iraq, um, Armenia, everywhere, Ukraine um and yeah we make documentaries on a on a shoestring budget <laughs> um, <laughs> and entirely yeah entirely grassroots um we don't take any big sponsorships from corporates or anything like that so yeah it's going well it's going well funded by members then funded by members through the patreon you know if they go on the patreon they get like extra it's like you know better than netflix i would say yeah, yeah. um and then like this t-shirt that you're modeling for us uh merchandise sales believe it or not we sell enough t-shirts and stuff to uh to actually fund our documentaries and keep things going, so yeah, it's good, man. Yeah, yeah. support Popular Front, buy
0: the T-shirts, become a member. It's Thank worth you. it. Um, Ava, how's it going? What have you been up to?
1: Well, nothing on that, have I?
0: Haven't <laughs> <laughs> been to Ukraine recently. No, no.
1: <laughs> I did have to get the Jubilee line this morning, though, which was comparable. Yeah.
0: Well, I think we should talk a little bit about Ukraine, not least, Jake, because you've been reporting there from since what, 2014 was the
2: first time you went? No, 2016, I first went. Okay, sure. So, Donbass had kicked off. Yeah, it already kicked off by that point, yeah. But, yeah, I've been going there since way before the full scale invasion. I've been back three times since then. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's not looking good. Oh. I mean, I remember you were. I think you were. You were there, weren't you? Just
0: before Russia invaded. Yeah. So that we piece were. Of that, that yeah. That sort of home defence was it? Or? That's
2: yeah. Well, we were like we were there, and we made like we we're making a doc about is it going to happen? Isn't it going to happen? And we left about three days before it actually happened. We didn't actually expect it to happen like that, but it kind of did like clockwork. Which in hindsight, it's like well, yeah, I guess. But back then, it just I don't know. It didn't seem just seemed beyond you know. Um, and we wanted to make a doc like. Basically about what is now the territorial defence. We were ch- we were with them training, you know, filming them training. We were going to see like the bomb shelters and stuff like that. and Then halfway through the edit, the war, the full on invasion happened. So we were kind of like, eh. so we put put some of that out on the Patreon only. But then we went back and made a documentary with a group called Hutsuds Clan, which are uh, anti-fascist football hooligans from Ukraine who have now formed, you know, a volunteer military unit and are fighting against the Russian invasion. Which very nice lad's very interesting,
0: yeah, they had kind of the like fraternal bonds, if you like, you know, yeah in in that firm mm. before they sort of before the invasion before they enlisted and, and I watching that film, I found it really interesting watching how their kind of their friendships and their relationships changed yeah. with, in that sort of military context it's it's a
2: talk about friendship, basically, you know what I mean, it, it, in like the most grimmiest possible way, um, yeah, I mean, they spent fifteen years fighting. they were the only anti fascist football hooligan firm in the whole of Ukraine. So, you know, at the start of the doc, uh, I asked Anton, who's, you know, kind of a de facto representative, like, who is your enemy? He's like, every other Hooligan firm, <laughs> you know? But- It's not a good position you know, to be in, is it? No, <laughs> but they, so they had to be like, the toughest guys. And you ask anyone in the scene, like, Hutus clan were like, revered. You know, there's even Nazis that have said like, we don't like them because they're, you know, they're against us and they're anti-fascists and they're, you know, they don't hate people that we hate. But they even, they were like, yeah, they're pretty tough, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, like there's, even, um, yeah, there, there's even a bang. Yeah, there's even a quote from a, a hooligan about getting beaten up by them in a really good book by James Montague called um, "1312 Amongst the Ultras." And the only time like Hutu's clan is mentioned is like a fascist moaning that they beat him up, <laughs> you, know what <laughs> what I mean? which, you know. And then we met them, and they're just like the nicest guys. They're very like um they're very boisterous, you know. They're hooligans. They don't really, you know, they, they have all the hooligan stuff, but without the kind of hard right wing stuff. Which is not all hooligans. I mean. There is a big, real anti-fascist hooligan scene across Europe, mm. which has then helped Hutu's clan um, because each scene would move and hang out with each other, and they go on like holiday fights, you know. Like,
0: <laughs> 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 Very dumb. Yeah, yeah. So
2: like, you know, like, I was with some with some of the hooligans, the St. Pauli hooligans in, in Hamburg, that knew. Hudson's clan—they're like, oh yeah, we all met, and then we went to this country. And we had a great fight with the fascists there, and then we came <laughs> home, and you know. But these fraternal bonds have literally been kind of made in blood, you know. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of the Hudson's clan members actually died. He got like beaten to death by a Nazi um, and like left in the street. Uh, and now, unfortunately, their commander um, Yuri Somalenko, has now died on the front line. So you know, it's you know, it's it's serious. It's really serious. yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. We'll come
0: to talking about the war in a bit more detail, yeah, sure. but I do just wonder if this is a good point to talk about sort of young lads and why why they do things like that like why do they meet up and fill each other in at Mm. the weekend like i just finished reading a book called among the thugs by bill buford which was about sort of hooliganism in the 80s and 90s and it was his sort of main thing about it was like a sense of belonging to something even though it was a firm that was going around and like ripping i think it was like turin it was united versus juventus in in the 80s and you know they go and they'd wreck the town start fights with everyone, basically doing like the most incredibly anti-social stuff. Like you can, you name it, they've done it. But they didn't feel like, you know, um, it. Was, they weren't, they didn't feel persecuted or like vagabonds. They felt like they were a part of something bigger. Like a that. youth club. Yeah, like a youth club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, no, but yeah, actually, yeah, like, yeah, no, it like is, a it's, very violent youth club. Yeah, yeah. It's like, where is the, where, where are the places that like men are finding that fraternity and friendship? You know, is it what sports teams? Where else? I, I think
2: in England now, it's, it's, since youth clubs were closed down a lot it's, it's very hard to find it now and I, I think it's very important for young men to be able to have that uh outlet for their inner aggression without being like laughed at or called gammon or whatever yeah, whatever yeah. it is that someone on the internet wants to say but young lads need that you know unfortunately that's why young lads are going to like parasites like um andrew tate mm-hmm. instead of like joining you know a good combat sports gym or something like that and having that like Basically, being told like it's okay to be this annoyed and angry at the world. It's not you're not like there's nothing wrong with you. It's actually quite normal. Mm-hmm. I would argue. You know, isn't
1: that what he's saying though? In some respect, yeah. But
2: then he's also saying like that's how you get them in. But then he's like also women are dirt, which yeah. is like this is just awful. You know I what I mean? That, I think that's yeah. the thing with people like him. They have the initial part of their message
0: is quite mm. it's quite compelling because yeah. it's basically like get fit lift weights you know or if you're a jordan peason fan like make your bed which is hard advice cry on xanax (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is hard for anyone to disagree with apart from maybe the last bit and then it then spirals doesn't it it then sort of it starts with the quite banal like start working out you know be respectful to other people and then it spirals and starts becoming you know like you said yeah be horrible basically be a horrible bastard don't respect women and they kind of they hook you with quite inane sounding Friendly, like self help advice that hasn't really changed since the 1950s, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. And then it spirals into that kind of darker, more extreme. But then I think the problem is then the other side will then associate what is undoubtedly a good thing, you know, being a dependable person, being fit, being healthy, and then kind of like, oh, that's like a right wing thing, like utter nonsense, Mm -hmm. obviously. But then, so then you just further push them away, I think. So I think, I don't know, it's a real crisis right now. The other thing now you've got like the kind of get the bad culture where like everybody wants to be like oh, an yeah. Toro crypto kid. It's like, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I get it. Obviously like we live in a hard country. You have to have money to survive, but I think it breeds like this. It's not just monetary. It breeds like this weird kind of psychopathic, forget everybody, your community means nothing. No one else, you know, step on ahead to get ahead. Mm. And I think that's again, like this kind of where a lot of this stuff leads to. And I think again, the initial message is fine. But then it always leads to just like awfulness, you know what I mean. Which, which, is, but the thing is, that is the internet stuff. Like, I basically grew up in like uh, in like a combat sports gym, pretty much. You know, like from the age of like I think fourteen when I first started going boxing, uh, Thai boxing and boxing. Like angry young man, like lost in the world, and just found like what I would consider like family now. You know, I still go there. I'm 33 now. I've been going for for ages. Um, you know, shout out King's Ketri Dunno. Yeah, <laughs> but, sure. um, but now like that gave me a really good basis because it was all about respect, but it was also about being like tough. And it was about, not, not just like, not a tough man, but like just being, you know, being resilient. Mm-hmm. And I do think a lot of combat sports gyms uh, do have that still. A lot of the online problem, it is a problem, but it is, if you just see it through the lens of like always being on the internet, you're gonna see it as worse than it is, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But we we certainly have seen like, you know, you'll hear some young lads talking, and you're like, well, where have you got that from? That we don't do that here. Like, mm-hmm. we don't talk like that here. You know, our gym is, you know, all different races. You know, you if you're a man, you can spy with a woman, women will spy with you. There's no, you know, it's all good. And so when you hear some things, unfortunately now, I'm gonna kind of go back on myself now, but unfortunately now you can't escape it because the lads and the girls are just constantly on the TikTok and all the, 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 So they will become influence. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And without yeah. a stronger influence somewhere, you know, it's Gaver,
0: like I don't know what you what your take is in that listening because those two strains of thought—the kind of um, you know grind set culture group of people—and then the sort of self help, Andrew Tate, Jordan Peterson. For me, the common thread in there is individualism. It's like the power of the individual. The the it's you only you can make yourself better. You know, the world around you is terrible. Look after number one, and I feel like it kind of doesn't look at or doesn't pay attention to sort of broader like societal context or, you know, we were talking about youth youth centers there, right? You know, we're talking about angry young men. But if you say to that angry young man, you are the reason you're unhappy, only you can fix it and you remove that context around it. It's kind of, it's not the full picture, is it? It doesn't really inform the whole thing.
1: There was a lot in there, what you just said. <laughs> I'm di- well, I don't know. It kind of makes me think about Molly May Hague. I know that's oh, going to yeah. sound really... Everyone
0: has the same 24 hours a day. Yeah. yeah. But
1: and the kind of like the Toryism and oh, the individualism, the sort of like Thatcherite philosophy that she had with yeah. grind culture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I guess maybe the... I think... What you, what I think is happening online, this is so broad and it's gonna sound so stupid, but I think when you're talking about men and you're talking basically about like Tate in cell culture, I feel like women are kind of regressing and you're going back into like women online now want to have a home and kind of be like the traditional wife and oh, that, that is sort of seen, yeah that's sort of seen as like the goal for women that's like the kind of two paths that were going on it's like we kind of had this like excitement in the 90s where we were like oh god we can go out and work and now it's like i don't want to like <laughs> i'm going to go back and cater that's such a shit answer no, i, I wish you you'd asked know, me before
2: mean. no no
1: no no, no I could it's, have fine. Thought
2: about it. it's kind of um same <laughs> reason grown men buy toys you know the men that are like, oh Marvel, or oh, Funko Pops. <laughs> it's like regressing into like something that's easier. <laughs> Do you yeah, know what, what I mean? mean from like, childhood. Yeah, yeah. It's like the world is hard. Let me be
0: a child again. You know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah, 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 And I guess you know, um, it kind of we were talking about this a couple episodes ago about NatCon, right? You know, the tradition that their their traditional ideation of a family, right? That it has to be the mother, the father, the two kids, and you know, our birth rate is falling. So why why can't people you know have more children? And it's like, well, I don't think the reason is because there are less conventional families in the way that you're arguing. I think the reason people are having less children is because it's expensive to have a fucking kid. It's like the economic conditions mean that people are less inclined to start families. And if you don't want to address those things, I don't think you're entitled to complain that people aren't having enough children.
1: That reminds me of this mental thing that was said in Hungary. One of the one of the government ministers said that women... If we could ban women from having abortion, we'd have a whole new workforce.
0: Jesus
1: <laughs> like, Christ! Absolutely mental.
0: Oh, There's some oh. really ropey stuff. He was
1: endorsed by Trump. Trump was like, "This guy."
0: <laughs> he knows what he's talking gets about. Gets
1: it. <laughs> yeah. The
2: jester, the top, the top jester. Yeah, yeah, yeah top clown, class mad, clown. Mad. There's some crazy shit coming out. Of Hungary, but but that like you? conventional family thing is so stupid. When you look at it. like how many conventional families raise like absolute asshole children or that have problems. Like if you can look after a kid, why does it matter? Mm-hmm. Oh, two gays had a kid. You're fine. <laughs> Do you know how many people I know who have like who can't even raise their own kids in conventional families? Like, it's so dumb. Like, it's just the soundbite. Mm-hmm. Does it? There's no more depth to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, like all that trad stuff is so cringe and boring. Mm-hmm. It's not in the real world. None of this is really based in the real world. That's what I think. You know, it's like both sides as well. You know, it's like it's like when you look at the kind of like left media, like sort of the left media. It, it's just like a human centipede. It doesn't feed working class people. It doesn't. I mean, do you, working class people, do you think it's going, do you know what I need to read? Fully automated, luxury <laughs> communism. Yeah, let me take that down to the boys in Northampton. I'm sure they'll love that and change. Like, do you know what I mean? It, it feeds it, it's all about feeding itself. Yeah, it, it's yeah. not It's not about actually catering to anything other than like, here's the club we're in. And that's exactly, each, each camp does it, man. Is that the job of the media though? What, to create its own little feed?
0: No, fiefdom? no, 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 what you were saying there about, you know,
2: it, it is your let's job go, if you, if you right. act righteous that you're presenting something to the world, which all these people do, mm-hmm. when really they're just creating their own cottage industries, I think. Maybe I'm doing that with <laughs> yeah, probably it's just a self-fulfilling for war. Yeah, yeah, just for
0: war. So let's talk but about maybe we... then
1: that goes into Vice, right?
0: Oh yeah, okay. Because
1: maybe then, I mean, is that the problem with new media? Then it's only catering to itself. Is that why it ends up eating itself? I think, in the I end? think for a
0: little bit of context, media. sorry, for a little sorry. bit of context, Jake used to work at Vice, so his perspective here is a relevant one. Sorry, mate, go on. I think it's irrelevant. No, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't fucking listen <laughs> yeah. to what he has to say. No, um, go on.
2: I think, I think it's when it becomes too hyper-politicized. That's my opinion. You know what I mean? Because people will. People look at something. They're they like, "Oh, that skews a bit." There, that skews a bit that way. But generally, if if it's not too crazy, they'll accept it. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. When you start, you know, mm. shouting your political statements on Piers Morgan and whatever, who cares about that? It's not. It's, it's less God, attached so to the I real feel
1: world. Very <laughs> I, I
2: mean, seriously, who does that though? Like, imagine if you went into like. Um, like your average working class community, we're like, guess what? I am politically. People go, like, fuck off. Yeah, I, don't care. I don't care. I'm struggling. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And there is no, you know, your neighbor that would be cancelled on Twitter for something they've said is probably like a nice person. It's just context is everything. And I, I just think it's like feeding itself all the time. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I just find it very irrelevant. Maybe because I have a different perspective. I live in the Midlands still. Yeah, yeah I live yeah. where I grew up. And I see how people are struggling and they're not turning towards. Maybe sometimes things they should be, you know what I mean? It's just I just feel it's not presented to them.
1: But then how do you how do you approach that? Because I don't want to just completely like shit on what you've said. Yeah. But um, yeah. But
2: <laughs> you can. You're in it.
1: But you know, if you look at the media landscape at the moment, if you're say like a new media outfit like Joe, or you're like Navara, oh. or any Vice, any of that lot, how do you compete oh, okay. with the sort of Murdoch-backed big media that dominates every? T- TV screen in the country? Like how, unless you are kind like of squeezing like into those. Serious. Well, I'd say yeah. like leave London.
2: Push, yeah, yeah.
1: Sure, but if you <laughs> like push Like for yourself, a start,
2: who leave? Who Like that's literally the baseline. Who does it?
1: But then how do you get yourself, like do you accommodate by pushing yourself into those spaces or do you just sort of go, do you know what, I'm so much better than that. I'm not even gonna bother to infiltrate it. Who says cycle, you're better than
2: that? Like, that's so, I think that's such a like self-righteous feeling and people that you wanna hit will immediately pick up on that. Working class people can smell bullshit a mile down the road. If you come with, I'm better than that, they're gonna go, fuck off. Like, I don't think that I'm better than someone that reads The Sun. That is so unbelievably snobbish, in my opinion, Mm. to do to somebody. The fact that people even have 10 minutes in their day to pick up a paper, I'm surprised. The amount people work, do you know what I mean? Mm. My sister works something like 60 hours a week on an ambulance. She don't have time to do anything. If she picks up The Sun, she won't, but if she did, Oh, what am I going to do? Cancel my sister? <laughs> <Do> you know <laughs> what I mean. Like, you I just think that's like, I I think like that. the self-righteousness <laughs> needs to take take a take like take a rest. But I don't. To answer your question, I don't think you need to compete. Do you know what I mean? There is no competing, right? How how this scumbag? How can you compete with that? It's all too late. <laughs> I yeah. think for that, Damn, you know what I mean. Done. But I do think. Do you, really do. Think, do you really
0: do you think that though, mate? Because you look
2: at oh, look, at what, you're doing,
0: look yeah. at what you're doing with Popular Front, right? Like we said at the beginning, it's independent media that's yeah. su- that's supported by its members. And yeah, like, but it's, it's niche, and it's, it's niche. Yeah, it's niche, but it's growing. I mean? yeah. And like, you know, yeah. from where it started to where it is now, it's bigger. There are other media platforms doing similar. Navarre is an example that's subscriber funded. Mm. You know, the New York Times is absolutely massive, right? And it's because they've got these millions of dollars every month yeah. in subscriber revenue. And mm. I'm wondering if there is the start of something there, like a different model. that- Oh if, yeah, if no, that I is, agree. If if it's if it's connected to the people that are consuming, it, why yeah. you buy that subscriber. Function. But
2: be, you know, I don't think you're ever going to get to the size of that. It's yeah. just the way it's set up. It's like this conglomerate. Do you know what I mean? It's shell companies upon shell companies. I mean, I don't think it's too late to compete on that level. Mm. But I definitely think the alternative is interesting. Like Navara, I don't like Navara, but I like that they exist. You know, and and I don't not like them. I just sometimes I watch them like, whatever. You know what I mean? But I think I think it's great that they exist, and I think that you know even other outlets that I hate. I'm like, it's kind of good they exist. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because like yeah, you yeah. said, it creates something. I think that's probably a good thing, but I just think on the scale, like how the hell are you gonna get the sun? How are you gonna beat that? You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not just the amount they sell, it's ingrained in the culture. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, it really is. It's like It's like a staple and it's very difficult. You know? I also don't think you get to, if you
0: want to be an advocate for like freedom of speech and a free press, I don't think you get to pick and choose, which, yeah. Like, which outlets exist and which ones well, don't. Well, this is what
1: I kind of meant by compete. I meant more if, say, the Times approached you tomorrow and they said, We'd like you to do an op ed for us, would yeah. you turn that down?
2: No, no, I wouldn't turn no, so no. that I mean, they've stolen my work twice, so <laughs> they kind of already got the op ed for free, but yeah. <laughs> but, um, what did they know, do? So, what uh, was it? Stole two of our photos um, and just have not never paid us, even though they said they would, yeah. I so. uh, well, you invoiced them and didn't come through. Yeah, so the Times, you know what I mean? On site. On site, like the sun as well. But No, no, yeah, we would like, that's the thing. We don't see like mainstream media, like that's not an enemy, I think, you know. That's, I think that's
1: what I was getting at. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think,
2: I think if that's what you're getting, I probably agree with you. Like, I think we need to kind of work like on the inside almost, (laughs) you know what I mean? But if we can say like, hey, we're doing this thing, let's collaborate, not sell our soul, not buy us out. Let's collaborate with them. I think the two can work together. And through that, then there's an even bigger alternative, I think. But that is kind of on the onus for the big people to do it, you know, and they are doing it. You know, we've had people come to us and, oh, can you do this for us? Can you do that? Yeah, cool. But I really think that that should happen a lot more. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would watch, like, I don't know, like, like let's take this, for example. I would watch this, say, Channel 4 came to us and said, all oh, right, let's do podcast, but let's do it as a show. And then we'll do a segment in the middle where it said, you know, that'd be perfect, right? Like, you could do it. The problem is, I think the big people just leech and just steal the ideas off them. They go, that's good. We need a version of it. <laughs> it's like yeah. well, we, it's we are the a version of it.
1: responsibility, right? So if you go to Channel Four, you've got advertisers, so yeah, you wouldn't yeah. be able to go on there and just talk about HSBC or Shell openly. You've got because they've got the commercial obligations. Mm. As oh, someone yeah. who did work at a radio station <laughs> where there was those obligations and you couldn't put mm. certain news stories in your programming. I mean, it, that's so it's, crazy. It's nuts. It's yeah. so bad. <laughs> it's insane. You're, you're
2: yeah, that I would be yeah. like, if they, I'd have to have like a strict, you know, remit. Yeah. I always think that when people
0: when people say, oh, why has this billionaire why has this landed gent bought a newspaper or bought a tv station like they make no money and it's like mm. it's not because they don't want them to make fucking money they want them for influence mm. that's that's it's because that even in like a non-specifically explicit way of censoring something like you were saying that like um sorry not like you were saying there, the opposite of what you were saying they're saying you know you can't do this story because i own shares in that company it's more nefarious than that you kind of it trickles down where it, like Let's say a regular producer knows that because of certain commercial relationships, they won't even ent- they won't try and pitch a story about a certain corporation yeah. because they already know that it will get nixed before it makes it before it makes its way to broadcast. It's like an
2: oligarchy kind of concept. It's yeah. like, you know, yeah, it's crazy, man.
0: dropping in to tell you about another podcast we've been working on, Unfiltered. Tune in each week for an Unfiltered conversation with the good, the great and the bad about how the events of their life made them who they are. Our first episode is a candid, hour-long interview with One Direction's Niall Horan, available this Thursday. Here's a little taste. I think the height of 1D, in hindsight, I probably could have gone more places, but the fear of going somewhere and getting pictures and autographs every step because there was periods where you'd go out and you wouldn't get five yards outside the door and it would be cars pulling over on the street and anything. I remember one time I went to, well, stupidly went to Westfield and Shepherd's Bush and honestly swore to God I was like, I'm going to die in here. <laughs> I'm never getting out of here. <laughs> I think it's an exceptional listen. But don't just take my word for it. Take Niles. Brilliant. What fucking interview that was. That's the best one I've ever done. Just search Unfiltered with Ollie Dugmore wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the podcast. Not another one. It's the Politics Show podcast. Um should we talk a little bit about Ukraine rather than bitching about the media? Mm. <laughs> I'm pretty
2: good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me, yeah, too. yeah, sure, yeah. Me
0: too. Um Jake, uh, there's a lot of chat sort of in well, the mainstream media, I guess. Um broadcast throughout this like spring summer counteroffensive from the Ukrainians. Yeah. sort of What's the situation
2: in Ukraine at the moment? What's what's happening for people who aren't sort of tuned um, into the conflict like you are? It's it's a tricky one, really, because Bakhmut fell, like, which was a pretty strategic city in terms of how many people were fighting for it. But the Ukrainians have now, I think as of today, have like launched a counter-offensive for it. I think they took some ground, lost some ground. But then Russia has just bombed this dam that you were talking about earlier, which, you know, it's, I mean, it's war that happens. There are no real rules, but like, I don't know. I think it's gonna get even more brutal than it has been. Like Russia has been massacring, raping, like destroying towns. Like you think, how can it get more brutal? Things like that. You know, if you start like destroying infrastructure like that, people can't drink, they can't live. There was a thing, I know it sounds weird, like it's not maybe in context, but it shows how sad it was. The Ukrainians put out a thing today saying, don't chain your dogs and cats or whatever up because they'll drown. Like it's that bad, you know what I mean, like think it's just like watching at areas, so I think a lot of that's gonna happen more like destroying electricity towers, which we've all, we've already seen, but my th- feeling is that's gonna happen a little bit more um but Russia are in trouble like I mean it's crazy that they're they're at the state they're at, and also they're now having like infighting you know between their weird little groups, yeah, I saw like um Wagner group of like kid kidnaps some Russian commander
0: or something, yeah, yeah. which is pretty crazy because yeah, they're, they're meant on to the same be, side, yeah, 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 they're meant yeah. to be getting paid paid by Putin, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. But you never know what's a show over there. You yeah. know what I mean? I, it's tricky, man. It, it's it's built into their like system the way they do it. It's, um, I don't know. There's there's a great book called I think it's called um, Nothing Is Real and Everything Is Possible, and it's about. There was a guy that worked, he was like British, Russian. He worked as a producer in reality TV shows in Russia, like in the 2000s when that was massive. And it gives you a good insight into how like, I don't know, there's a lot of stage shows, a lot of tricks and people are just so used to it. They're like, like, whatever, you know what I mean? So things that we might be like, whoa, that's real. It's like everyone else knows it's not. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's what's happening there, but I do think people are jumping on things a little bit too quickly. You got to look at like, it's a completely different culture, completely different place, you know, even Mm. from Ukraine, obviously it's different. So, but we'll see, man, we'll see. I mean, I I hope, I hope that like, all of this doesn't just fizzle into nothing because there is a worry now, like hearing from Ukrainians, like things are slowing down, support is slowing down. You get these idiots on the internet, like, We we've sent billions. Why yeah, war costs a lot of money. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's a big business. what do you think? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is that and it's it's one of these things not to say that like, oh yeah, war is great or whatever. If this country was invaded. The kids are being killed um so obviously they've got to resist it you know what i mean mm. what
1: do you think about ben wallace if you ever think about him i don't
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you don't read the analysts as you said but no. like the times writes a lot about is, so. <laughs> so defense sec who's been funding and pushing for more funding yeah. for yeah, yeah. for what we're providing ukraine i mean over this Question is redundant because you don't know who he is. No, oh, sorry. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> he's also trying to become
2: um, the next general secretary of NATO, isn't he? Yeah. Well. I think I do. I think is he like trying to be like he's a bit of a big noise in the media. He's yeah. quite, quite yeah sort of of stuff. Balding has got kind of like a monk's hairstyle. Every analyst going.
0: Yeah. Like. He's down
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. He's defence secretary and he's in government. He's a politician. Oh, oh sorry. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tory
0: politician. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, the... sort of
1: builders like he's going to take over the Conservative Party because right. of like how he's handled the Ukrainian war. Okay, better question. How have we handled it then, from your perspective?
2: <sighs> I mean, I, I think. Post- personally that it's bigger than just ukraine you know what i'm saying it, it, the idea that like the buck stops with ukraine i just i just don't think so and it's a tricky one i mean these kind of western values which what does that even mean you know what i mean like western values to let like refugees drown in the sea but then western values to provide arms it's like whatever it doesn't really mean anything i think when you look at it it's all just strategy and i think probably strategically for our country it's probably better to help that the government you know the government doesn't have like a moral or a soul. I mean, it's like like the EU, the EU is not like a moral institution. It's just like this. It's the same sort of thing, I think. So for them, I don't think they're, okay, they do, we have to help, but I don't think they really, you know, they care in that respect, but it's good that as a secondary thing, these people get that stuff, I think. You know, I've been there, I've seen the bodies, I've seen what they've done. It's very easy for people at home, comfortable to be like, typing on the internet and angry. But to then go there and then see it and be like, what, you don't want to help these people. Mm. Do you know what helps them? Weapons. You know, life is harsh. <laughs> war is cruel. And I really think there's actually not, it's not that bad that we've kind of been shook up a little bit like that in Europe. Everyone thought like, you know, it was over. All the wars in Europe were done sort End of, of history, Yeah. End of history type stuff. And it's like, nah, I, I don't think it's necessarily bad. But again, it's like, it comes down to like, right, we've got, we've got money for war, but you know, like the NHS is destroyed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get it, I get it. But who knows what will happen if then that war gets took over and then who knows what even worse position we might be in later on. You know what I'm saying? But certainly I stand with like Ukraine. I think, you know, any country that is, invaded like that i mean it's ironic that now britain helps a country yeah <laughs> that, that is invaded after doing the <laughs> invading for so long but you know it's a start you know what yeah. i'm saying so you know and it is a start uh, i interviewed
0: yeah. um i interviewed a, a ukrainian historian called Serhiy Plochy um a couple of weeks ago and he described the war as it's not his it's not his like concept but he described it as the first good war since the second world war and he didn't mean that in a sense of you know the, the horror and the devastation is a good thing he meant it's good as in this really clearly defined aggressor defender mm. and that for the first he, he, he posited that it was the first conflict since the second world war there was like a very clear sort of bad
2: guy I think that's insane to say really? that's a completely outrageous it's thing to say go well, on America invading Iraq <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean okay I get it maybe, <laughs> maybe I mean Maybe because okay, Saddam Hussein was like drilling people's knees in for like looking gassing the wrong the Kurds, way, and gassing yeah. the Kurds. Yeah, I get that. Maybe that is a bad example, but but Ukraine wasn't all,
0: all sunshine and roses, before well, no the invasion. I know? think
2: that's an outrageous thing to say, and I think it's an outrageous thing to look at it that way. That said, he's also kind of right. It's like I like Putin, you get all these like on internet communists that say, well, actually, it's because of NATO, NATO, we're getting closer. Putin has said on record. I don't recognize ukraine ever existed and i want to wipe it out mm-hmm. literally and then you show that to them they're like no it's like he, he is saying why he's doing this it's like 101 imperialism i want to take over i want to kill everybody and that's going to be my land you mm-hmm. know what i mean so yeah that it's very clear he subscribes to that old school imperial ideology yeah like, yeah of course great, he yeah, great he, He's interested in ussr like yeah. i mean you know he doesn't even care but um, if not for figureheads you know what i mean i mean i've been to the donbass i've been to donetsk the idea that it's a leftist utopia, it's a hell. It's crazy out there. The first thing they asked me, they were like, how do you live in you gay roper? I was like, what the hell is gay roper? Like everyone there is gay. How do you deal with it? And I was like, how do you the like, progressive left in utopia? Like it's crazy out there. Uh, it's a fiefdom. But but that said, like, okay, well ISIS, I think ISIS were like pretty definitely the bad guys. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's a bit of a dumb thing to say, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there was no, there was no like- I'm just there was, imagining like a spectrum, like good at one side, bad at the other. And yeah. I was like,
0: where did ISIS where sit did on ISIS
2: this You yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: should get him back. Who? Get him back, whoever
0: you're in. Serhi, yeah, get him. Was. Yeah, yeah. I, him I, I'm sure he's
2: making like probably a quite a valid point. I'm yeah, no, he was. No, he was. Not, I know you're not arguing with him. <laughs> no, I'm not arguing with him. But <laughs> it's just it's that the war just. like
1: grossly reinterpreted. His <laughs> <things>. <laughs> like, <laughs> what I've
2: done is I've read your book and I've summarised it in this yeah. sentence. It's it's like, I just f- think it's it, you can't look at war like that. It's why I hate this kind of gamification of it as well like on Twitter the kind of NAFO football. It's like a football match. Mm. One side good, one side bad. Obviously like things can be that simplified, but it never is that simple. And the thing is people on the ground don't talk like that. Yeah. They really don't. They're not like, yeah, blood and heads bust open. They're not, they're really not. So it's weird then for someone at home with no real attachment other than like, they've got swept up in, you know, the hysteria of it online that they then, you know, push for it or then the other side does the same thing. You know, the Mm. Z head
0: type thing. Well, I'm I'm quite interested in that because you know you, you've been there right? like you said earlier you've seen the bodies um, but other people like can as well I mean no, it's, it, it turns, turns up, in, it turns up in my twitter it. feed like yeah. fucking particularly since daddy Elon got involved like mm. the amount of videos I get from the Ukrainian front line popping up in my timeline that are like graphically violent you know you don't you don't need to put your head in the sand to, you know to, to try and get away from this stuff it will find you yeah, we'll find it will find you and it surprises me that you can be exposed to that kind of content it's not even like the you know look at like the daily mail or the telegraph they literally put up like videos from the front line like gopros that the soldiers are wearing for like the the trench warfare Mm. so it's like the average person can see the horrors of war like they can Mm. see it and it might not be graphically bloody and violent but they'll see it did it feel good to you no, it felt fucking horrible. Right. I, I, I not a good war then, no. no. Yeah, definitely not a good war. No, mate. No, I always try and avoid stuff. Whenever stuff like that turns up online, I, d- I try not to look at it because I n- I've, I've seen gore before. I don't want to see it again. Once mm. you've seen it once, you've seen it a million times, right? But I don't know. Some, sometimes you just think it's something else and then all of a sudden someone gets blown to pieces and it's then, you are like fucking great. I've just watched a, been a man blown to a million bits. You see that and I don't understand how you can kind of take on like a, The gleeful, like you said, either Z-heads or people who are just sort of, you know, relentlessly cheering on sort of Ukrainian military victories without really pausing to think about the fact that like tens, hundreds, thousands of people have died in the process. And it just feels a bit,
2: Mm. it's like a luxury almost. If you're that far removed from it, you don't have to reconcile with the horrors of it. I think it's good to have to see the horrors, but in context. Like, like Don McCullen said something like, oh, you, you know, if you're living in peace, you should be shocked on a Sunday eating your cornflakes to realize how bad things are for other people. But the context has been removed. That's the weird thing, you know. I, I, I've I, kind of gone back on this because I used to think, no, you have to see what it's like because if our money is going there and we're going to be sending this, whatever, you kind of have to, the public should be aware whether it's good or not. Mm. And also then kind of make you aware of how good freedom actually is or freedom, whatever. Um, but then the context is removed. You know, I saw, I saw some people cheering on there was a young lad like lying in the trench praying to God as the drones dropped on him. And people were like, ha ha, he's a fucking Russian orc. He's dying, like, like the sickest stuff, you know? And then it turned out the guy was actually a Ukrainian. They got it wrong. And then everyone's like, oh no, stop sharing this now. And it's like, man, like, I'm not go away, if someone invades Ukraine and someone in Ukraine is like, I just want to kill. I get it, of course, you live there, it's your family, to your people. Mm. But when you were then taking on the attitudes of people literally living day-to-day life or death on the front, and you're taking that attitude on, and then broadcasting it out to the internet. It's weird. It's mm. weird, and it's funny, ironically, because at Popular Front, you know, we showed things like not not filtered. You know, the same people that used to criticise us for doing that are now doing way worse stuff, like mm. way more gory stuff, no context. The people that were like, "Oh, Popular Front has no decorum," and now we're like, "Ha ha! Look at this teenager getting bombed in the trench." Yeah. It's weird. It's basically like they've gone. When we do it, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. What
1: do you classic. mean by not, like what kind of thing would you put up that you would be like, accused Will,
2: uh, For example, like when the yellow vests were happening, um, there was a video of a young lad whose hand had been completely blown off from a, like from a, a grenade mm. the police had thrown at him and he stupidly picked it up thinking it was tear gas. You know, we put that out there. I think it's good because you see, wow, look, this is what the police are throwing at people. This is how bad the injury is. I think you should be aware of that. Mm. You know, people are like, oh, you shouldn't really show it like that why (laughs) you know (laughs) but but or like or like we'll put like a certain kind of music to like a riot footage why because we want to give the viewer a feeling of what it's like not just to see it to give them a feeling so you get the idea of what's at stake what the people there are feeling like blah blah that's fine also it gets young people watching which i think is good but you know we're not putting mickey mouse music over like a young man being chased with a fucking drone bomb you know Mm -hmm. that is just crazy man it's weird to see how that has I think it's catharsis, like it's it's the same with, it's the people's new COVID, you know? when COVID happened, people that had like a lot of inner class issues could get it out by being like scumbag without a mask. Da-da-da. And I saw through a lot of that, I was like, this is not about a mask or COVID, mm. it's having that inner thing to be like, finally I can like, I'm acceptably allowed to be like, I hate that person, whatever. Mm. Now, the bl- inner bloodlust, which everybody has, the same people that are football hooligans, uh getting told off by the same wine mums that are obsessed with true crime you know what i mean we've all got it in us Mm. and i feel like then it's the catharsis for the people it's more a more acceptable way of getting out the bloodlust that's that's my theory and i don't know but it's very weird i would have never thought this would (laughs) happen you know all my years studying like this niche aspects of war and how the internet works with it i would have never thought that this how this has happened would happen you know it's very odd but Man. Cheerful old game. It <laughs> is fucking. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> it is cheerful, yeah. isn't it? Fuck yeah. me. It's
1: just really interesting. Yeah, it is. I've I never can... thought about it like that. I uh, could be exactly right Maybe I'm intellectualizing not... it? I, that, you that know, makes total sense. Maybe a bit
2: of my own ass, but I do see it a little bit like that. Yeah, you know, like I did see it there was certain aspect of the internet, and and I saw it myself. Like certainly, I don't want to generalize it, but I personally saw, anecdotally, in my area working class people were much more against like COVID vaccines than maybe your middle class counterparts, which is whatever. And I saw this divide happening. And instead of being like, well, I don't know, I disagree, da da -da, but your body, your choice, do what you want. It was like scum, scum. And I was like, ooh, that's very weird. (laughs) That's incredibly angry. And I kind of felt, is this more than mask? Is this more than you're killing people? And I kind of felt like there's more to it than that. Maybe yeah, not. Yeah, it's but. like the
1: MMR. Do you remember that? Like when they put. Is this a
2: similar thing? Was yeah. That? Well,
1: they made it a combined vaccine, and then that's what everyone got for free. Right. And then so working class people were like, "I'm not sure about this because this is a new vaccine; it's not been which tested." Which is
2: completely normal thing to say. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. all
1: the upper middle class people who were getting it done privately, which was still three shots, three right. separate shots, were like, "You're going to give mumps. You're going to create a new really? pandemic. Like it was a whole." So they thing. were getting
2: yeah. the same one privately, yeah, and then having a go at the people that were a little bit sceptical. Who were having the combined combined one? one.
1: Yeah, and you know who had it separately was Tony Blair's kids.
2: Of course, (laughs) and then Tony Blair was out
1: there being like, like proletariat.
2: Yeah, take your medicine. You you unwashed bastards. Take your fucking medicine. Take
0: your fucking medicine. (laughs) It's the politics show podcast. Jake, I want to pick you up something you mentioned in a couple of answers ago. You talk, you were talking about freedom and our perception. <laughs> I'm so cringe, man. yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. Was I really? You yeah. were, yeah. You were, to- but you were talking about it in the context of you know uh, whether or not it's present, you know, for the people in Russia versus our perceptions of how we live here in Britain. And I just wondered <laughs> your views on kind of you, you. You're aware of the international context of other author- authoritarian regimes of dictatorships, mm. and you know people who have perhaps a slightly more british centric conception of the world aren't afforded that comparison between the two and i wondered your sort of take on the creeping authoritarianism shall we call it in british society which i think is you know is
2: is quite in plain sight but i agree yeah, yeah. Something, something i've been really actually for the first time in a while like actually worried about like genuinely worried like you know all this lot of nonsense online this is happening that's like it'll be over in a week this is real you know the police crime sentencing and courts bill is beyond, beyond, you know, it's it's incredible. And I think we have this feeling of, oh, we're we're the good guys or whatever, or we're free. We can, you know, people that, people that are free to call a politician a cockwomble on Twitter, <laughs> think that they're free because they can do just that. But then Republic protesters get arrested at the start of the the royal whatever mm. it was, what was it the King, coronation. coronation? I mean, at the weekend, right? The police kicked down the doors of like nineteen
0: protesters in Surrey before because they were going to um, disrupt the the Epsom Derby. Yeah, yeah. the Epsom Derby. Yeah, completely animal incitement.
1: rebellion. It was. Yeah, completely.
0: Look, they incitement. haven't actually done a protest, right? They're they're planning to, and that that's enough for the police to smash their doors in and arrest them. It's but like vanilla it, sky it's
1: incitement to protest.
0: It's
2: is... exactly the same as yeah. Well. Let's go. Incitement. Yeah, no. Yeah, how yeah. is that a law? Lo- how is that a thing, right? Incitement to protest. Isn't that like? Didn't we literally have two world wars and die for like rights for that? Like political rights political rights to be able to like protest. And I don't like extinction rebellion, for example, um, I think not very good, useless, uh, very, very whitewashing of history. If you look at the way they, they cover the poll tax rights without covering the right, No joke in their <laughs> literature, very funny, but they have the right to do it. And I don't think they should be grabbed up and thrown out or whatever and grabbed anywhere. And now literally because of the police crime sentencing and courts bill, they can be arrested if they make the noise too loud. That's what people don't realise. Within that thing, I read the whole thing. Within it, there's a thing that says if this protest, even if it's one person, is too loud, it's like general annoyance. Yeah, you that can be word, arrested. The wording yeah. of it, but but there's no measure. It doesn't say so. If you have thing like you should have a remit of it's two decibels, it's three decibels, right? There's nothing. It's mm. up to the police discretion. You can whisper, and the policeman will be like it's too loud for me. In you go, isn't that all literally policing, could happen? Though? Yeah. So all
1: policing is subjective like that really, isn't it? I it is guess maybe, but
2: when it's when it's regarding protest, I think it's particularly. I think scary, yeah. the point know? is it has the potential to be abused, right?
0: We've just seen it.
1: But, but like that's right. what I'm, but like all policing.
0: So if we're to th- if we're going to talk about or think about um, sort of this British government and sort of increasing authoritarianism, you look at things like the police crime sensing courts bill, mm. how do you think our political rights and the situation in britain kind of stacks up then compared to let's say i don't know european countries you were in france recently right
2: yeah i mean france is is particularly brutal in terms of like what it can get away with and it's policing but even they don't have rules like this you know like the police crime sentencing in courts but is just crazy i mean it really is mad like it, it is mad and and the thing is people got sleptwalked walked into it because well, there's a whole history of like, basically numbing people down, dumbing them down. But people basically went, I like the coronation, so therefore uh, it's good that these people were then arrested for trying to disrupt it. Like that is such a dangerous precedent. And it's the same thing you get in places like Turkey. You know, the irony is that Britain be like, oh, look how authoritarian that is over there. And it's like, what do you think the police crime sentencing and courts bill is? You know, like it, it is ridiculous. Um, and it's just going down and down. I think there's like a slope as well. Like it's getting bad. And the thing is, no one really cares. You know, we don't have the kind of um, collective consciousness anymore to be like, hey, this is bad. Like I, I was at some of the Bristol protests against the police crime sentencing courts bill. And there were people in the row being like, get a job. It's like, mate, like, are you mad? Like, what if something happens that you don't like? You mm. know, it's like, I remember my granddad used to say, so that like idea of like, oh, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, who cares? Like, it's so dumb because on Monday, what you were doing that was right, a law can be changed yeah. and on Tuesday it can be wrong. <laughs> and then, and then you're, you're in bother, you know what I mean? Ava, so. it's not just political rights like that, is it? It's trade union rights. It's broader,
0: democratic.
1: Well, that's a different bill though, isn't it? That's yeah. the anti-strike legislation. And that's supposed to be because we're apparently really tired of people um, asking for more money, and the whole country is so furious with it. We're actually going to make a law against it. How, how
2: so did we get to that point where like uh, like unions are not seen as like this great thing anymore? Like, how did that happen? Like, you know what I mean?
1: I'm, yeah. Well, I guess it's the it's the '70s, isn't it? It's yeah. the sort of like the blackouts, and there. the interesting thing about it is this government or the last actually the last administration, like under Jacob Rees-Mogg. They Try and kind of give us this flashback imagery of blackouts and how bad the riots were, and all of this. None of us remember that because none of us were alive. <laughs> yeah. So, for us, we're just sort of like, oh, can I just want two pounds extra an hour. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, don't really like <laughs> I don't really like. what you talking about. Like, yeah.
0: yeah, I kind of do you do you sense that in the way this bill's being passed, do you th- do you think that it's just sort of you can chalk it up to the Tories, uh, you know, being ideologically opposed to trade unionism in the whole, or do you see it more? as reactive to kind of the wave of strikes that we've been seeing really since summer last year?
1: I think that like, if I was gonna give a generous reading of it, I think that there is a genuine belief that inflation is going to come down Mm. in the next few months. And I think that the government obviously don't want to award an inflation busting pay rise because of that. And I think it's kind of like, there's people in number 11 sitting there going, let me just put this to the side for a minute. They just need to wait. They just need to wait a minute. Mm. I'm going to bring in this new legislation just to tell them to sit down and stop bothering me <laughs> so that in a year's time, none of this will matter. Yeah. Because the, you, you kind of forget like the, the economy is in absolute crisis. If you look at fuel duty at the moment, right? Our fuel duty is completely disproportionate to the price of a barrel of oil, Right. Brilliant. What we're buying oil in for, we are selling it at the most extortionate rate. You've
2: Never made as much money, right? Never made Phrase. as much money.
1: And the treasury has never taken any uh, as much money as it is right now. And that's because the reason it hasn't come down is because the treasury are so bankrupt and they've got no other avenue of getting it in that they have to keep piling this cost onto us. Mm. So I just think the whole thing is basically a waiting game. The Tories are banking on, inflation will come down and suddenly everything will be rosy again. But we're kind of we've been in this now for like a year and a half, and it's kind of like sounds
2: like a Ponzi scheme. It does sound <laughs> Do you know like a I mean? Ponzi
1: scheme. It's kind of like, is the bubble gonna? Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. it gonna get better? Maybe not.
0: And you're and you're kind of, you're happy enough to sit there if you know you're doing well for yourself, right? If you're let's say you're Jeremy Hunt or you know uh, Tory voter or any of that sort of electoral. Yeah, you're doing well for yourself. I know. Yeah, I've, I've come up in the world. That's why I'm <laughs> going to change out this t-shirt and put a fucking suit on by the end of it. But you know, let's say you're not one of those. if
1: they come up come at you. Yeah, that's TV. true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I won't get anywhere. your last outing.
0: Yeah, I won't get anywhere without these guys backing me. So, um, what was I going to say? But yeah, it, you, can, you can take that strategy, right? The one you're talking about. You can sit there and be like, well, I'm just going to wait this out. We'll see what happens. If you're doing all right. If you're okay, if, you, if yeah. you've got assets, if you've got cash, if you're well paid, that's fine. Like, I'm all right, Jack. Fuck everyone else. Other people do not have the luxury of being able to sit and wait and see if inflation will come down. And then, oh yeah, maybe my my pay will be back in line where it was beforehand. I mean, unless we we have literally, unless inflation goes negative, we have deflation, their pay is not gonna get increase in value, so.
1: And I guess the frustration with this is sort of like, in the 70s, we had, you know, people actually took to the streets to speak about this, but Mm. now you've got, arguably it's worse if you're a government that's trying to keep the lid on everything because everyone has a voice on social media. And it just basically means that some, kid who's working at like the mirror or whatever goes on twitter and goes oh look sandy is homeless and she used to have a two-bedroom property let's put her in the paper Mm -hmm. that kind of access and insight into how people are struggling is so damaging to a government that's trying to keep a lid on something Mm
2: -hmm. it is but also argue that because we have so much access to information now everything is over in like a week Mm. like every scandal it's like this is I'm like give it a week I felt that about you know what I mean I agree with you and the trade unionism
0: like of the last year do you remember last summer there was
2: huge
0: sort of groundswell of support right Mick Lynch is out doing all those rallies you were there reporting at a lot of them Mm. and then because you know the economic hardship it's not got any better over the last year you know people are still paying through the nose for food inflation food inflation is still rife but because we're kind of a year down the track now it almost feels like well cost of living's over so you know we better find something else to talk about. small oh it's the summer so it'll be small boats. Mm. you know they'll be crossing the channel and that kind of consumption of media and the attention economy has sped up so much that you know something like let's say an economic downturn which does by its very nature last four years is almost less compelling from a sort of media perspective even though
2: it's right in the face yeah. of the people it's affecting every single day it Dep- depends on how, how online you are as well like you're ever I, I say to people like most people don't care about twitter like most real people don't care but not not real but you know what i mean like most people out in there like don't care about twitter man like they might look at it oh, okay but not like how journalists use it we use it differently right we're like oh and sometimes i think that inflates the importance of an issue to people you know what i mean and some people just don't care mm-hmm. oh she lost the house oh well you know what i mean it's crazy it's like you said that thing of like it doesn't matter to you like it's like when they were saying oh well they're gonna lose 10 quid of their benefits a month it's only 10 quid if you ain't been poor, you don't know what only 10 quid is. It ain't only 10 quid. That could be the difference yeah. between having dinner that night or keeping the lights on at the end of the month. You know what I mean? And it's like you said, people just they just don't have the empathy, I think. And I think as well, it's not good. It's not, I don't know if it's anyone's fault, but like being bombarded or bombarded, which is good to see how bad things are. People just kind of go blind. They're just like, ugh, like I've had enough. Do you know what I mean? They get like empathy fatigue or something. I don't know, but I've seen it before where I don't know, you just see people just kind of like, oh yeah, what's new? It's like, are you crazy? Like this woman has lost her house or her kids are going starving and people literally will just get so blind to it that they, just, I don't know, it's, it's a weird thing, man. I think it comes down to that thing of like, lack of community, lack of like feeling that yourself, how bad that can be. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I, don't I think
1: know. there is more empathy now. That's a really broad statement. I feel people are more empathetic because people are realizing they're actually one of the the many who are on the red line mm. in a way that they could have never conceived yeah, of before. Yeah, that's true, I know what you mean. But yeah. like, even through like the, like the 2008 financial crash, like that was really difficult mm. for millions of people, but nowhere near to what happened in those first two weeks of the pandemic where people were suddenly like, oh my God, everything is gone. Mm. And now in this crisis again, they're like, I'm actually living month to month in mm. a way that I've never done before.
2: Mm yeah that's true but then also as well is there's that
1: empathy s- though actually mm-hmm. or no, is that I, just sort I, of I guess, like... I guess that's
2: direct is it? that like self-interest
0: almost yeah because yeah. then it's like no but I... they can
2: empathize because they've felt it right yeah they know mm-hmm. how bad it is for yeah, yeah, someone yeah. else yeah. Mm-hmm. but then there is also a lot of people that act empathetic as well that's a thing you know what i mean maybe not with this context but there are people that oh that's really bad you should buy my book and listen to my podcast <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what i mean <laughs>
0: like, yeah no i agree like um y- this, you, you can see it as well in just the way people talk to each other the sort of increasing sort of therapy speak if you if you know yeah. what i mean like we all need to take time to heal robotic take yes. time for ourselves everything's a journey
2: yeah
1: taking time to heal is is such a preserve of the middle class it annoys me Taking
2: time i've got work to do
1: just i'm just trying to imagine the moment like maybe when like i was at school my mum was working two jobs and like Mum, take up, time to heal. And I'd be like, Mum, you've picked me up from school for, at seven o'clock, all right, for the fourth day in a row. Yeah. You know, she used to put yeah. me on these sports classes, even though yeah. I shit at sports. Yeah, she was yeah, like, yeah. it's childcare. Yeah, exactly. Um, she turned up really tired and I went, Mum, have you considered yeah. a bath? Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's
2: baby's, self-love. Baby's so, crying, what about self-care? Yeah, <laughs> self-love, Mum. Yeah.
0: Self-love.
1: Yeah. You look really tired. But yeah. it's,
0: yeah, for sure, it's like the increase. I don't know, like, therapy. Of, what were you saying i don't know we've become over therapized do you know what i mean it's like that language is straight out of that it, kind of yeah. you know like instagram because social it is justice good, obviously,
2: it's good that more people feel they can go to that obviously but when you turn it into like nonsense people will then go away from it because they just go oh god mm. what idiot is that what it's like the people if you are fakely like you said like oh yeah self-heal and did it you're not really listening. It's it's good that people can go to someone and go, "Hey, I need some help with this." But if they're like, "Oh, really? Have you had time to self heal?" Mm. You're gonna go, eh? "Get <laughs> <Like, you're laughs> away from me, weirdo!" Like yeah. I, it, it kind of it defeats the object of what it's meant then to it's, do.
1: It's also kind of like that's the, like the capitalism and mental health, right? Because it's, it's like a
2: corporate, like yeah, yeah, yeah. just the, get better health. <laughs> the, yeah, exactly. The individualism
0: yeah. we were talking about earlier—it's exactly the same thing. It's that fix it yourself. You know, it's, it's you haven't set boundaries. You, ha- you, you don't love yourself enough. Have you considered that perhaps that person might be insecure work, insecure housing? Like in, their entire context that surrounds them is almost built to create, take your pick, anxiety, depression, mm. to make people be worried about their existence. And if you don't address those things, how on earth can, you know, being like, talk to someone about it? make that person's life better you need to improve their material conditions well, before men see be right on material
1: conditions I'm thinking about like my friends who have no prospect of owning a home but live in like actual shit heaps sorry they are like that you would you would not like you're not invited
2: to, to tea again no <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. right um but you know like they'll be in a flat that's like full of black mold full yeah. of damp yeah and they've got like this neil's yard 30 pound lavender spray that they're spraying on their pillow every evening being like oh this is for my mental
2: health. yeah yeah exactly try and yeah. sort out the mold yeah what like, about the mold what about the council that's let you live like yeah, this yeah there's, there's yeah. The, what's the young lad there i forgot his name Ah, uh, the young lad that goes around Quajo, um, huh? Quajo, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Like that guy is a saint. Like he is a saint. Like he, what he does, like that, that should be times a million. Like everybody should be seeing that all the time. He's an absolute saint. I love that guy. Mm. And like that, it's like what you're saying there. It's like right, how? Like oh yeah, just go on the app for ten minutes, uh, meditate. Is that going to get rid of the black mold in the ceiling? No, you mm. know what I mean. It's mm. not going to. Yeah, there is that. There is that problem. I think, and it's it's very like you said, it's very convenient for like, I don't know, the corporates to be like oh yeah you just need this app like no nah, maybe the, the maybe you just need a room in your house to be quiet and like no nah, maybe the council needs to come and fix my fucking door you know what i mean yeah. like actually so yeah it's it's like oh like the reason you're depressed is a, it's this chemical imbalance. it's like oh, i don't know i think it might be because i'm broke and starving <laughs> Do you know what i mean it's like there are there are things like it's again it's like this paper over and it? it's like don't get me wrong i think there's it's a bit of both but yeah, it's like uh it's like the perfect outcome I think for those kind of people, you know mm-hmm. what I
1: mean? Well, mm-hmm. 10 pounds what you were saying about that like so, like 10 pounds is a lot of money. 10 minutes is also a lot of time. Like we never yeah. talk about time poverty. Like they are, like no a lot of people do not have 10 minutes yeah, spare yeah, in yeah, their yeah. day. Like you know, it's get up, get the kids to school, work all day, come home, make dinner and then collapse. collapse. Like that's it, yeah, yeah, you know?
2: yeah. mm-hmm. Be- People forget that I think sometimes as well. It's like, oh, well if only they read Marx. What? Yeah. Like Mum, read Marx. <laughs> have you done yourself love? Mom, you have you read Marx and have you yeah. meditated? When you're yeah. raising me, me and my sisters and da, da, da. Yeah, just read Marx, Mum. <laughs> you look at the size and be like, that's a fucking doorstop. You're, but making,
1: no, you're I, making me think of like how much a cunt I was as a teenager because I would say- Oh, I was, I was terrible, I was terrible. I'd be like, mother, mother, that's so interesting. That yeah.
0: That's actually
2: <laughs> <laughs> <But it, laughs> what you're experiencing. Yeah, I mean, it's just good to laugh at though as well. When it, yeah, you know, I mean, course. it's not to say that, oh, that is terrible. I'm not a Marxist, definitely not, but even I, you know, I've got, I actually have Marxist friends, I hate to admit. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like, yeah, some of them ideas are really valid, of course. But it's like, that is that, is that for now, really? Is that for now? Like, it's like the same concept to me. Mm. Just take 10 minutes, just read. Das capital. <laughs> Fuck out. <of> it, man.
0: <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, that, it, seems, it's, that seems like it's a pretty good doing. place for us to uh, wrap it up. So, thanks very much for listening to the podcast. Check you on the next one.